0: Let me pray for us, Father. We uh, love to you, love you. We come to you this evening uh, for your namesake, looking into your Word, Father. Just asking you for your guidance, Lord, for you to open our eyes and our mind to your truth. Help us to better understand how we are to live for you, live with you. How to have more, a deeper. Fellowship with you, Father, walking as in the light as you are in the light as we're going to look at tonight, Lord. Father, help us to see clearly, to understand, and to apply this message to our lives tonight, Father. That we may bring <coughs> glory and honor to your name as we uh, as we sung already, Father. We desire that your name be lifted up, that your word would reign as truth. And that your will would be done on earth as it is in heaven, Lord. God is this day, we pray, in Christ's name. Amen. All right, we're going to look at uh, 1 John chapter 1. Uh, we're going to take a look at verses 5 through 10 in, uh, in just a minute. But if you look first at verse 1 in following, because uh, it starts out in verse 5 that this is the message that we have heard, we're going to ask the question. What message is it that they have heard? Well, in verse 1 it says, That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our own eyes, which we looked upon and have touched with our hands concerning the word of life, the life was made manifest, and we have seen it, and we testify to it, and we proclaim it to you, the eternal life, which was with the Father and was made manifest to us, That which we have seen and heard, we proclaim also to you, so that you too may have fellowship with us, and indeed our fellowship is with the Father and with the Son, Jesus Christ. And we are writing these things so that our joy may be complete. And so the first thing that we want to uh, see in our passage is 1 John is perhaps the clearest book that we can go to to find out how to fellowship with god he talks about fellowship quite often we saw it there in the third verse and uh they are i guess you could say proclaiming the fellowship that they have already experienced communicating it to us we know that that god is is light uh we also know that god is truth and if you think about God being light, uh, he is not light by some other means. Uh, he is not light uh, because some, he's reflecting something else. He is pure light. That is who he is. It's his essence. Right? He doesn't. If, if you think about um, life, I mean you take any of his attributes, really. <clears throat> but if you think of his life. All right, his, his, he is life. He doesn't receive life from anything else. You and I, uh, we receive life from him. He doesn't receive life from anything else. I like the, the attribute of his simplicity. When we say that God is simple, it seems like we're degrading God a bit. Uh, but as I explain it, um, we are complex beings. God is a simple being because he's one and he's unity. And what I mean by that, we're complex in that we have a lot of parts. We have a respiratory system, we have a circulatory system, we have a nervous system. And if any of those parts break down, we'll either be sick or die. Because all of our parts are dependent on each other. We could use a car, you know, if your carburetor goes right, bad, you've got a problem at the Uh, Oil runs out, then your motor seizes up, and it doesn't, well, it depended on something else. God is simple because he doesn't depend on anything else. He is life, right? Even in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Uh, Jesus is life, and God is life. God is not dependent upon Jesus, and if Jesus dies, then God would die. Right? Because, they're, because they're one, they're unity, they're not dependent on anything else. <clears throat> if God depended on something else for his life, then whatever that was that he was dependent on, that would be God. And we have to go, 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 go until we get to what God is, and that is that he is the origin of life. He is life, the very essence himself. Well, same thing with light. Right, He doesn't receive electricity to turn himself on He's light. He's just pure light. It's who he is in, in essence. Okay? And this light came into the world. And God is light. So he came to reveal who God is. And so when we think of God, or when we think of Jesus Christ as being light. He is the very essence of who God is. He is the, he is the exact representation of who God is. He is God in human flesh, right? And so, what Jesus Christ did in coming to the world was to make our make Himself known, to make God's purpose known, to make God's plan uh, known. We're studying Hebrews in uh, our senior adult Bible study, and I was really blessed and touched. By Hebrews chapter one and verse one, because it says that God spoke. All right? He spoke. If He didn't speak, how would we know God? Right? If we don't believe that God spoke, then we are going to create our own gods, and that's basically what idolatry is. Everybody's trying to form what they think or who they think God is. Idolatry by nature. Is you taking your opinion of who God is and then making an interpretation of what you think God is rather than allowing God speak and making himself known through his word? I like remember when I was young and, and, and uh, struggling with my faith and coming to Christ, and I can remember laying on the bed and said, Oh God, if you would just come down and speak, I would believe in you. Well, he did come down and speak. Jesus Christ is God coming down and he is speaking. And see, the problem is, is that we want God to come down and we want God to speak on our terms. And we need to accept the fact that God revealed himself to us the way that he wanted to reveal himself to us. And it's our job to accept his revelation of who he is, not determine ourselves who we think God is, and then put our interpretation upon God, but allow his interpretation to stand true and to stand clear. And so God is light. Now, when you think about light, <clears throat> imagine, me, uh, imagine with me for a minute if the only light in the whole entire universe was the sun. I'm talking about the S-U-N. The sun. Okay? That was the only light in all of the universe. <clears throat> okay? any direction that you walk away from the sun you're walking into outer darkness and the only way to get back to the sun is to turn completely around and walk directly to the sun if you don't walk directly to the sun and you walk just a little bit to the east of the sun you won't get to the sun you will walk right by it and you'll walk right out into outer darkness again see if i ask you give me a source of light. You can say, the light bulb, you turn the switch on, the lights is a source of light. You can bring me a candle. You can bring me a flashlight. You can go out and point at the sun. But if I told you, give me a source of darkness, you couldn't bring me any darkness. You might bring me a box that's all taped up and you might be able to convince me that there's a darkness inside of that box, but you can't open it up and show it to me. You know why? Because darkness is simply the absence of light. And when light comes, it consumes all of darkness. And so if you are a believer tonight and you have the light of Christ in your life, we're getting ready to talk about how to walk in the light. And one of the reasons, or one of the ways that you can tell if you're walking in the light is, is, is the darkness in your life being dissolved? Is it being wiped away by the light? Because when light comes, darkness has to leave. It can't stay. Because there isn't a source for it. It's just the absence of light. So let's turn to 1 John chapter 1. I'm going to read verse 5 through 10 to the end of the chapter. It says, This is the message that we have heard from him and proclaimed to you. What message? That Jesus Christ is the light of the world, giving us knowledge of God himself. Because God is light and in him is no darkness at all. Okay, now notice that. It says no darkness at all. In the the Greek, it's it's a double negative. Right? Double negative is for emphasis. When your child says, I ain't got no money, it really means that he has the money. Right? I don't have, I ain't got no money. Well, if you ain't got no money, then you must have money, right? Because it cancels it out. In Greek, it doesn't do that. In Greek, it's said for emphasis. Right? So, it says there that God is light, and in him is no darkness, no, no darkness at all. So it's really putting emphasis on the fact that he is holy. There is no darkness in Christ. Right, if I gave you a glass of water and uh, and I had a little eyedropper and the water in the eyedropper was yellow and I won't tell you what's in the eyedropper, but if I squeezed it in the water and it was just one drop, It would dissolve and you wouldn't see it anymore. But would you drink it? (laughs) Probably not if you knew it was an eyedropper. Right? It's not that much, it's just a little bit. Yeah, but you won't drink it because you know what's in it. Well, the same thing with God. He has no, no single drop of darkness or a drop of sin. He is completely holy, completely pure. And that's the emphasis that is right here what he's trying, what, what, John is trying to get you to get you to see. Okay, so if we say that we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, We deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar, and his word is not in us. Okay, first of all, notice if you follow my outline, the first one is the universal sinful defect. We have a universal defect. Notice the plurals all the way through. Okay? If we say that we fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. Okay? So, we all are defective. We all have a sin nature. We all fall short of the glory of God. All of us have sinned, every single one of us. There's not one single person on the face of the planet that does not sin or that has not sinned, except for Jesus Christ, because he is light. And since God is light, there is no, no darkness, no darkness at all. Nobody else can proclaim that they are godlike in saying that in me there is no darkness at all. I am light. Can't say that. Only God is able to say that in Jesus Christ. The plural verbs, notice the plural verbs, and then notice what the Bible teaches. The Bible teaches us that we are blind, deaf, dumb, and dead. <laughs> Which basically means that we do not see spiritual truth. We don't hear spiritual truth. We don't speak spiritual spiritual truth because we were dead to spiritual truth. We're in a terrible predicament. So one of the things that we need to realize here when we're talking about walking in the light or coming to the light or receiving Jesus Christ, one of the things that God does is to open our eyes to see spiritual truth. Open our ears to be able to hear spiritual truth. Loose our tongues so that we can speak spiritual truth. And quicken our lives so that we can live spiritual truth. If the light of God has come into your life, you will see, speak, hear, and live spiritual truth. Now, one thing that John, got uh, the, the epistle of John, does is that it the the difference between Paul and John is John pretty much saw black and white in other words he said you a liar you're of your father the devil the father of lies right he saw black and white Paul said Things that I want to do, I don't do, and the things that I don't want to do, I do. Okay? So, so, John was a little bit more black and white. So, what we get when we read John, sometimes we think that we can become sinless when we read John's epistles. Right? But uh, there's never a time, there's never a time when any of us will outgrow our need for confession and repentance. We'll never outgrow a decided heaven. We will never become so perfect that we no longer need to confess our sins uh, or, or repent. So we have to listen carefully to what John is saying and interpret it uh, rightly. We don't want to think that we'll, there ever will be a time on this side of heaven that we will not need to and have to confess, confess our sins. Again, it's, it's a progression. If he began a good work in you, he will carry it through to completion. He saved you to be conformed into his image and we're not conformed into his image completely until 1 John chapter 3 verse 2 which is that we will be like him for we will see him as he is, exactly as he is. When when we see Jesus face to face in all of his glorious pure light, we will fully and completely be transformed into his image's likeness as much as human flesh can be transformed into Christ's likeness. Okay? Um, we want to avoid sinful, or to avoid sinful defects, we need to realize that God is the only one can heal us from sin. He's the only one that can heal us from sin. It's the only place that we can run to for the forgiveness of sins. All right, when we get further down, it talks about uh, our lives and talking about our, our sin, uh, the way that we justify and the way that we suppress and the way that we hide. One of the things we need to realize is that God is light, and in him there's no darkness. Therefore, nothing is hidden from God's sight or his eyes. Right? You can put it it in a box, and it may stay dark for a while, but as soon as God cracks the lid, guess what? It's exposed. You know what the Bible says about us and the reason why we won't come to Christ He said, we won't come to Christ because we're afraid that our deeds will be exposed. And when Christ comes, that's the very reason why he comes, is to expose your deeds. Because he wants to change you. He doesn't want you to remain the same. He wants you to see some of your problems so that you can change. So that you can walk in the light as he is in the light. And so he's forever, this side of heaven, forever exposing you. To your, to your sin. Now, the encouraging thing about that is, one, God has given you the grace to fail and to fail miserably. And where sin abounds, grace abounds even more. And so as he grows you, he is allowing you to fail and he's allowing you to see your failure so that you can confess that failure and begin to transform and begin to change uh, into his image and into his into his likeness and so to solve the universal sinful defect we need to realize that God has sent his son Jesus Christ as the only one who can repair that defect there's no other place that we can go there's also universal darkness it says that if we say that we have fellowship with him, but yet we walk in the darkness, walk in darkness. Okay, that darkness, again, is simply evil. It is life without God. It is a life against God. We act as his enemies, right? We act like we don't want him or the light. We don't want his truth. We have been, we're in we're in darkness which basically means that we can't can't see right jesus is sent from the light sent from god as the light to enter into a world that is against god a world that is full of sin and darkness and the bible says that jesus christ is the light of the world and he is the light of the world and that he Shines light in the darkness, and He is also the way and the life. And so, that light is leading us, He is showing us how to be restored back to God. He's showing us how to be restored back to God, to be reconciled back to Him, to get out of the darkness and into the light. That's what we want, that's what we want to do, and we do that by. Jesus Christ. So to avoid darkness, we must stay in the light. Stay in the light. We must we must know that we love darkness more than the light. Okay. In our in our flesh, before we're saved, one of the problems that we have is that we just love the promises of Satan and sin. Right. When you're when you're hungry, right? You want a good meal. You don't want to think about fasting. Right. When you're uh, have a sexual desire. you don't want to wait till you're married you want to fulfill now and, 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 we, and we love that fulfilling of the flesh. we love uh, fulfilling the desires that we have rather than sacrificing those desires so that we can so that we can walk in the light. Uh, we must stay in the light in that we must continually stay in the Bible to allow our sins to be exposed right? Second uh, Corinthians thirteen five said that we need to examine ourselves to see if we're in, our, in, in the faith. If we have Jesus Christ, if we have the life, excuse me, the light, we're in the faith. But if we don't have Jesus Christ, we have been nullified from the faith. Right? We're not saved unless we have the light and we're walking in it. And the Word of God shines light on our life. And exposes the sin. Uh, Thirdly, there is to know that you cannot hide from God. You cannot hide from God. I repeated myself there. Uh, You cannot hide from God. It's impossible to hide from God. It's impossible to hide your sin from God. God knows your thoughts before you say a prayer. Don't you think He knows your sin before you confess it? It doesn't matter how far, you know. I think it's Psalm thirty-nine, well, one thirty-nine says, "Where can I go from Your presence?" If I go down to the abyss, You are there.
1: I got a question. So, when you say walking,
0: That means being a Christian.
1: Okay, just make sure I was Right. Saying, I got confused. You're going to
0: sin less and less. You'll never stop sinning, not, never not need confession. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there will be less and less sin in your life.
1: Okay, I'm just make sure I understand.
2: Yeah,
0: that's, that's John. That's what John will do
1: to you. Okay, yeah. He's
0: very black and white. And, and if you uh, <clears throat> read a lot, you'll, you'll wonder if he's teaching of perfectionism or the possibility of of not needing to confess our our sins. All right, um, if you go down to the abyss, you are there. If I go into the grave, you are there. If I get in a submarine and go down to the bottom of the ocean, you are there. If I get on a spaceship and fly through outer space, you are there. Is there anywhere that you can go to get out of the presence of God? No. So, where can you hide your sin that is not in the presence of God?
2: You can't.
0: Push it down deep in your heart. Hide it in your conscience and build a bunch of walls around it so that nobody can see it. You might be hiding it from your spouse or your friends or your parents or your children, but there's no way to hide it from God. He knows it. So, if He knows it, you can't hide it from Him. Why not just confess it? Why not just admit? He knows it anyway. If we're walking in the light, that's what he wants. He wants us to confess it. He wants us to just get right with him. All right, there's universal sinful deception. Not just darkness, but deception. If we say that we have no sin, we are deceiving ourselves. Now, when you think about deception, uh, think about those IRS calls that you get on the phone. Right? Or those emails you get that has Bob Dimmitt's name on it. right? And how many people have fallen for something like that? All right? So let me ask you a question How easy is it for us to be deceived? I was out on my boat fishing one time, and uh, I got a text from Bob Dimmitt and it says hey i can't talk long i'm at a conference and uh, and i need you to do something for me can you do it and i thought it was him at first and so i texted back and i said uh, i said i'm on the i'm on the boat and i said it'll take me a while to get the boat in i said but you know you give me an hour or so i said i could do what you want what you need he said i need you to run to the to the store and buy two amazon gift cards for me, 250 apiece or something like that. And, uh, and then I'll need you to scratch off the back and give me the numbers. <laughs> and so I'm, I'm reeling in my fishing pole real quick and putting it up and on and I started thinking, I was like, Bob didn't go anywhere, he's at no conference. So I dialed up, I said, Bob, where are you? He said, I'm sitting here at home. I said, you're not at no conference? No, I'm not at no conference. I said, well, somebody just called me and said you were at a conference and that you needed $250. And he says, that's not me, brother. And, so, he, and so, he, so, I, so now it was my turn to play. So I said, okay, I'm, I'm ready. What do, you, what do you need? And he said, okay, I need you to go. And he scratch all this or whatever, something like that. I said, all right. I said, uh, I said I'll meet you at your office or something to that effect. And he's like, no, I can't go there. He just went on. just carried it on and on and on and on and on. But I was that close. That close. If I didn't use my head for a moment to think, hey, he's not there. I could have been taken advantage of. I could have been deceived. How many times have you been deceived, or how many times have you been almost deceived, and how easy was it? How easy was it? So if it was that easy for you to be deceived in those situations, how easy do you think you would be deceived by thinking incorrectly about God and about the Word of God? Right? And so we, so we have to be <coughs> very adamant, I guess maybe is the word, and staying in light Staying in the word, thinking clearly and thinking thoroughly through each and every situation that we are in. If you say you have no sin, you are a fraud, an impersonator, but not the real thing. If my uh, paraphrase there. Not the real thing, right? That guy calling me to get money, that wasn't Bob. That wasn't Bob, right? That was a fraud. And we have to be careful, too, because we can be a fraud. We can be deceived. Okay, So recognize the serious danger that it is. Right, they, People are taking it serious now, because now IRS will put stuff out and say, look, we don't call anybody. Mm-hmm. So if anybody on the phone calls you, he says, it's not the IRS, so don't listen to them. It's fraudulent. Right? Mm-hmm. When uh, Bob got a few calls. He sent a letter, an email out. He says, look, if you get anything from me, know that I'm not gonna ask you for a bunch of money through an email. That's not Bob, so just ignore it. Just delete it and don't feel bad about it because it's not me. Because we took it serious, right? Because we know how crafty and how deceptive and how easily we are to, to, uh, that we are deceived. So recognize how easy it is recognize your need of help and accountability and recognize your need for examination and exposure, right? We need our heart to be exposed regularly. We need that. One of the things that I dislike, I won't use too hard of a word, one of the things I I, I don't like is people always say, and usually the reason why they say this is because they want to remain in their sin, and that is judge not lest you be judged, Right? Usually the one who says that is somebody who is guilty and wants to remain there. But but listen, Nathan came and held David accountable for his sin with Bathsheba and his murder of Uriah. Okay, you think David should, should have said, oh, judge not, let you be judged." Mind your own business. That's what we do, right, but Nathan gave the story and allowed David to interpret it, and he said concerning that story, that person deserves death. And then Nathan turned around and said, David, it's you. David, it's you. is the one that deserves death. Now from David's perspective, he was passing judgment on this parable that Nathan told and from from Matthew chapter 7 it says take the plank out of your own eye before you take a splinter out of somebody else's so David saw the splinter rather clearly but didn't see the plank that was in his eyes so what does that tell you that tells me that you can see my sin better than I can and I Evaluate your sin better than you can. So, if we think of Nathan's as God's grace to expose our sins that we can walk in the light, isn't it great to have good friends that are willing to expose our sin, willing to confront us when we're in sin? That's a grace. Would, 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 if, if you and I we're concerned about walking in the light as God is in the light. If you and I were seeking holiness and the only way that we were going to reach holiness is by walking in the light and the only way that we can walk on the, on the way that we'll see that we walk in the light is that we confess our sins and we're commanded to con- confess our sins to one another, right? The only way that we're going to confess our sin is if we know our sin, if our sin is exposed. And it's wonderful if the word of God exposes our sin. That's good. But it's also good if we had a good friend that would help us in our walk with God so that we would remain in the light. If we are both walking in the light, wouldn't we embrace each other as we walk in the light, as our deeds are are being exposed, to help each other to walk in the light? And see, the whole issue there is condemning all right, we don't condemn each other. Right? When we when we judge is not condemnation. Yes. What do you do? Love him without
1: saying
0: it. You've already, you've already said it. I just love him. And then when he gets to the point where he's willing to listen, then tell him again.
1: I gotcha. Yeah, because he's just like. Yeah. <coughs> yeah.
0: And we all get hurt and we all get bitter and we all get angry. You just have to give him time and love him through it. Gotcha. Yeah. <clears throat> all right. So uh, we need help and accountability. We need to recognize your need for examination and a, uh, a, an exposure. The next one is the universal sinful defamation. If we say that we have not sinned, what happens? We make God out to be a liar. Now do you see what's happening? If you read, if you read through here, uh, we go to 1 John 1, 9 most of the time, and it says if we confess our sins... But all the way through, it says, if we say, right, so we go back to verse 5, no, verse 6. If we confess, we could say, instead of if we say, if we confess, we have fellowship with him. And then verse 7, but if we walk in the light that he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us. Then it says in verse 8, if we confess, we have no sin. Okay, so the important thing there about walking in the light is how we are confessing and how we are walking. If you go over to Matthew chapter 7, uh, it talks about people who are sitting in the pew hearing the word of God. It says they hear and they do not do. And then it talks about the preacher standing in the pulpit and it says that he is saying but he is not doing. And so it's very common in scriptures that If we're going to walk in the light what we have to do is get what we think in accordance with God's word. And then we have to get what we say in accordance with God's word. And then we have to get in line what we do so that's it's in accordance with what we say in accordance with what we believe or what we think. Right? It's, just, it's not about just getting up there and preaching and expecting everybody else to do what I'm preaching. Right? It's about... Preaching and doing. Because if you're not preaching and doing, what, what's the accusation? Hypocrite. Yeah. Right? People always come to the church and say, oh, I don't go down to church. I don't go to church anymore. There's too many hypocrites down there. What's that an accusation? They're down there saying a lot of things. But, it, but it's not followed up by the things. They're not doing the things that they're saying. They're saying one thing. They're doing something that's quite an indictment against the church. It's quite an indictment about a Christian walking with God. Because we need to be doing the things that we are are saying. So this, this, this confession where we say that we have not sinned makes God to be a liar, which is a malicious false accusation. It is slanderous and a false claim. If God's word says, we have all sinned and have fallen short of the glory of God, and you say I have not sinned. You just bla- You just maliciously defamed God. You just slandered his his name and slandered his his word.
2: Hey, Tom.
0: You just called him the hypocrite. Yes.
2: I, I got a question. Since First um, John is to brethren, right? Yes. Um, I don't know of any brethren that's going to say they don't sin so is this talking about what is being hidden by the person when confronted or well
0: there are there are some churches that preach perfectionism okay. they believe that you can walk so close to the Lord and you can renounce so much of your sin that in this life before you die you can get to the point where you don't sin and there's no need of confession okay. and so Um, And we are so easily deceived, we may think that at any moment, at any given time, I haven't sinned in the last day. I haven't sinned in the last week. I haven't sinned in the last month. But I don't think there's anybody that that goes through any day without sinning. But that's how easily we can deceive. I mean, we're self-righteous people. So that is, that is the, the, the warning here, is that uh, we don't even want to think for a minute that, uh, that we are sinless or we make God out to be a liar. If you say you have not sinned, then you are maliciously defaming, slandering, and me- making false claims about God and his word. To avoid defamation, know what you're saying and know what you're doing. Know what your words are saying about God, right? So it's very important that we know God and who he is. Know God's word and what he says. And then know how we are responding to God's word. Right? And when when we suppress our sin and try to hide it, we are really denying that God knows everything. We are really denying that God is everywhere. Right, when, when, when we sin, we think God doesn't know, God doesn't see. But in reality, when we are sinning, we should picture ourselves walking <coughs> straight up to the throne room of God, standing there before his throne and committing our sin right before his eyes. Because that's how clearly he sees. Right, so if we understood that that's how clearly God sees, that he knows exactly what you're doing when you're doing it, that should change the way that we act, the way that we respond. That should do something to us that we realize, I'm not walking in the light if I think that God doesn't see what I'm doing. Right, it says something about God. It, it says something about what we think about who God is. And if, and if there's anything in our mind or anything in our heart <coughs> that is not accordance with who God is and what God does and how he expects us to walk, we're not walking in the light at that particular moment. We're not walking in the light. Yes? I guess
1: I'm getting confused because when you walk in the light, I'm, I'm
0: saying walking in the light was accordance with what you think and accordance with what you speak and accordance with what you do. So
1: you're not talking about salvation in that situation, you're talking about your actions Well
0: we could be saved and we we can be saved and never walk in the light perfectly.
1: Okay. That's where I'm getting. Into. Right, that's
0: what you need to separate out of your mind. Okay. Our righteousness is in Christ, that's where our righteousness always remains.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Our our righteousness. Um, were you here Sunday?
1: Yeah.
0: Okay. I I use those three words: um, iniquity, transgression, and sin. Iniquity. We're born in iniquity. Okay. Um, Two sinners are going to produce little sinners. Right. We're by nature—that's who we are. We're sinners. Uh, Transgressions is we know the law. We know the law. Think about David. David was the king of Israel. Uh, He knew the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments are thou shalt not steal, excuse me, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not murder. He knew that. He had to know that. Right? And he raped Bathsheba and he killed Uriah. Transgression is, you know the law, you know what it says, but you don't give a flip at that particular moment and you trespass or you transgress that particular law. Sin is missing the mark. Now, it's not just, you know, just, I'm going to try to hit that target. Oop, missed it. No. It is that you're taking aim on it, and no matter how hard you pull back the bow to shoot that arrow, and no matter how close you stand to the target... When you let go of it, it misses the target every single time. Never hits the target. No matter how hard we try, no matter how hard we focus, no matter what we do, we always miss the target in our flesh. Because Jesus Christ is the mark. He's the mark. He's the standard. He is our salvation. Right? And so... (coughs) As Christians, as we're striving and pursuing holiness, we want to strive, we want to become holy. That's God's desire, but our holiness is in Christ. That's that's the perfection that we have in salvation, and we're pursuing it in our sanctification, striving for it until we receive it. We've been saved, we're being saved, and one day we will be gloriously gloriously saved. So we're perfect in Christ, we're striving to be perfect, and one day we will be made perfect. Okay, so we can talk about perfection and striving for it, and you will say, yeah, but aren't we Christians, aren't we perfect? Yes, in Christ, we still gotta strive for it, we're not there yet, but one day we will be kind of a thing. And we won't reach that one day until we get to heaven and we have our new body, new heart, new mind, no sin, no death, all that kind of stuff. So. Hey, Tom. Yes.
2: Uh, in Romans 8, I believe it, it says "Later in the flesh cannot please God, but you're not in the flesh, if so be that the We're not sinners. Spirit, and you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. So we're right. not—we're not always out here sinning all the time. I know we're not perfect, and we do sin, but we're not out there purposely sinning. We're walking in the spirit by the grace of God. Well,
0: grace. think of—think <clears throat> of it like this: Paul, on three different occasions, he said, "I'm the chief of sinners." He said, "I'm a wretch." He says, "He's." Uh, uh, compared to all the others, he's number one center kind of a thing. And if you and if you follow three, if you follow those terms and when he says them, <clears throat> he's getting older and he's getting more more mature. But the word that he uses is a deeper grief. It's 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 stronger as he gets older. And and the reason why I think that happens is, is because when we're, when we're young in the faith, I think God would, I think we would be crushed if God would expose how, how deeply sinful we are and how sinful sin really is and how sin would destroy the holiness of God if God didn't keep it at a distance. And so early on, we may say, and I'm a sinner. Then we begin to learn more about God because we're walking in the light. We're we're striving for, for holiness. And we're failing, and we're seeing how that destroys our life and our family's life and our friendships and our marriages and our families. And so the next time that God reveals how sin affects our life, it's not just, oh, I'm a sinner. But now it's just, oh, God, I'm such a sinner. And then when you get 20 years <clears throat> in it or 30 years in it and you sin, and you know, because it's all the life experience of how sin has destroyed your life, after 20 years and you sin, then it's like, oh, God, what a wretch. I am the chief of sinners, I am the worst of sinners. Because he understands the sinfulness of sin. He understands better the holiness of God. It's not that he has completely stopped sinning. It's not that he has reached the perfection. It's just that he's been walking in the light for so long he has a better understanding of who he is, better understanding of who God is, and a better understanding of how destructive sin is—that it grieves us, like we
2: understand the exceeding sinfulness of sin. But our desire is to please God and to obey Him. He Absolutely. He says, "He knows me and keeps not my commandments." Is a liar, and the truth's not in him. When he keepeth not my commandments, is a liar, and the truth's not in him. So we strive to keep His commandments. Sure, we're not going to be perfect. Absolutely. We're not going to love our neighbor as ourselves perfectly or love God with everything that's in us. Right. But it's our desire and our goal to be perfect. And when we sin, just like in First John says, if any man sin, we will advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins if we forgive our sins, if we confess our sins. Absolutely. And we and have if to we con- confess them, we're supposed to forsake them too. Absolutely. We're not supposed to just keep on...
0: Confessing sin. confessing is in agreement with God. Repentance is now turning those actions in accordance with your profession. And that's what we're doing from now until the day we die. We're, we're learning more about God, learning more about sin, learning about ourselves, getting our mouth in line with the Word of God, getting our mind in line with the Word of God, and getting our actions in line with the Word of God. That's a process from now until the end. And like you
2: said... The older we get in the faith, the more we realize how exceeding sinfulness sin is and how we have destroyed things right.
0: in our lives. <clears throat> Try Let's look at it this way. <clears throat> if we're going to get into heaven or we are going to say that we are without sin, the only way that we can say that is, I have never sinned in the past, I don't sin in the present, and I can assure you I won't sin in the, in the future.
2: Saying Nobody that. can
0: say that except Christ. So what I'm saying, or what the scriptures are saying, is saying that we're walking in the light and we must confess our sins and we can't lie, and must get our deeds and actions in line. That's always the process that we, that we have. And see, we, and we don't want to always think it, we don't always want to think on, um, the things that God says not to do, but we also have to think on the things that God says that we must do. The, the sins of omission is, is just as bad as the sins of commission. The sins of omission, I want to ask for ands. <clears throat> I'll, raise, I'll raise mine in hypocrisy. <laughs> How many men had loved their wife the way that Christ loves the church? Anybody done that? Huh? Right? So we're not perfect, are we? How many here have loved their neighbor exactly the way that they love themselves? In other words, you're hungry and you go get get something to eat when you're hungry. So how many here, every time somebody has ever said that they're hungry and wants food, that you said, I know what that means to, to love yourself and feed yourself? Wait right there, I'm going to run and get you a meal and bring it back to you so you can eat. How many have every day, without fail, done the work of the evangelists? Every person that you've ever had an opportunity to, you share the gospel with them. Because the Bible says, do the work of the evangelists. How many here have gone out into the world, made disciples, Teaching them all that God has commanded. <coughs> baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son. Because you know that he is with you wherever you go. So we don't want to just think about the do nots. We want to also think about the do's. And I think you'd be calling God a liar. If you said, I have witnessed to every person that I ever came into contact with, Or I've I've lived with my wife and loved her the way that Christ the, with the church, the way that Christ loved the church every day of my life. I have never spoken deceitfully about anyone. I've never slandered anybody. I don't think anybody is able to say that. So we're in the process. How to avoid defamation? Know what you are saying and what you are doing. Know what your words say about God. Know what God says about himself. And understand and realize that one of the commandments that we have is to uphold his name. Every moment of every day. We never want to defame him. There's a universal sinful disclosure. Verse 9. This is This is grace if we confess our sins, that's the condition, the condition is, if we confess our sins to God, the assurance is, He is faithful, and He is just, right? Mm -hmm. And the fulfillment is, therefore He will cleanse you. Mm -hmm. If we confess, Right now, we it's eight o'clock. Okay, real quick story, real quick story. <clears throat> I go to India, I've been to India, haven't been in a while, I wanna go back, hopefully God will open the door one day. I was over in India, there was this girl that was taking the anthropology, I think it's the study of man or something in civilizations and came with over there for overseas tour and everything, came with a bunch of guys, she was walking around by herself, by the pool, walking around, and you say India where well, you at the pool, where it's a nice, rest- a nice hotel, but walking around the pool, walking down to get breakfast and everything. We saw she just walking around, just a single female, there in India, walking around by herself. And so my partner and I would call, hey, come on over, have a seat with us, you know, talk to her and try to find out how, where she was from and all. She said she was an anthropology major. She's over there studying the culture, and she was over there with like eight guys. The rules was don't eat in the city, don't drink, you know, stay in your hotel, don't go out and get ruckus in, the, in town, it's a different culture. She said, they've been drinking and eating on the streets since they've been here. Eating on the streets, they've got problems, have bathroom issues, and they, <laughs> she didn't even want to be around them. She was a believer, and so at the end of the week we saw her again, I gave her the book Knowing God, we let her take it home and read it, give her something to read during the week and on the plane back called her over at the end of the week and she was just like really upset. And he said, well, what's the problem? And she said, well, she says, I was walking through town the other day. He said, I saw this guy. He said he had this big stone. He said he had these two big hooks and it had it stuck in his skin. And he was bent over and he was just pulling this big rock through town. And, and she said, she asked, she says, what is this guy doing? He said, oh, he's a Hindu. And he says, that's how they're trying to appease their gods. Let me ask you a question. Would you rather pull a rock down the street? Or would you rather just confess your sins? <clears throat> you know what it is like to pull your rock down the street? Holding on to that sin and not letting it go and giving it to God. We pull our own rocks down the street and we hold on to them. It becomes a burden. The Bible says if you would just confess your sin, tell God that you've sinned, tell God that you're a sinner, and he will cleanse it, he will wash it, and you won't have to pull that rock down the street no more. This is the kind of God that we serve. That's the kind of God that they serve. So stop serving their God and start serving this God. Just confess it. He knows it anyway. Give it to him and let go of it. And walk in the light as he is in the light. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we love you. Your grace is greater than all of our sins. Father, you've given the grace to fail, to learn, to practice, to practice righteousness. We didn't talk about that, but we're practicing righteousness by walking in the light and confessing our sins. Help us to practice righteousness until we're really good at it. So that we confess our sins uh, instead of pulling a rock down a road. Father, use your word as great comfort to our soul that we may learn to walk in the light as you are in the light. And it's in Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen.